Welcome to Inside the Woods, a Valley News podcast about Dartmouth athletics. I'm your host, Benjamin Rosenberg. Keep up with our episodes every week on anchor.fm, on our website, vnews.com, or on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at vxrosenberg, and follow the Valley News Sports Desk on Twitter at sports underscore vn, and on Instagram at Valley News Sports. On this episode of Inside the Woods, I caught up with senior captain Gabby Billing of Dartmouth Women's Hockey, as well as first-year head coach Liz Keedy Norton. The Big Green are 8-11 this season and have struggled to a 2-10 record in conference play. Their most recent game was a 4-2 loss to Yale on Friday, and they will take on Harvard on the road on Tuesday evening. I'm now joined by senior captain Gabby Billing of the Dartmouth women's hockey team. Gabby, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming. So you grew up in Minnesota. Is hockey pretty much religion there? Yeah, you could say that. Um, A lot of people eat, breathe, and sleep hockey in Minnesota. We're considered the state of hockey. There's a lot of outdoor rinks, and a lot of people just grow up playing it there. Mm -hmm. So were you pretty much immersed in the sport from a very young age? Yeah, my mom taught both my brother and I how to skate. He's two years older than me, but she started teaching us when we were about two. And then we started playing hockey in kindergarten. So around age four or five. And I have five uncles that played hockey growing up. So my mom is no stranger to the sport. And we basically just picked it right up out of the womb. (laughs) Yeah. So what would you say are Three things Dartmouth fans should know about you. I'm a psychology major at Dartmouth, but I will most likely pursue a path in business. I'm looking into pursuing a grad certificate or a master's program in some type of business after I graduate here. I'm a huge dog person. (laughs) I have a golden doodle at home and she's about a year and a half. Her name is Bonnie. And Family is the number one most important thing to me. I have been fortunate that they've been able to come out for quite a few series, and I wouldn't be here without them. Uh, what was your recruiting process like, and, and how did you come to choose Dartmouth? I know hockey works a little differently from most other sports. Yeah, it was a pretty grueling process, if I'm being honest. I think I started getting recruited in about seventh grade, which... When I was in seventh grade, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, where I wanted to go to, to college, what I wanted to study. And then throughout the next couple of years, you just start talking to more coaches and go on a couple of visits, kind of feel things out. And then it wasn't until I think my sophomore or junior year that Dartmouth reached out to me. It was coach Chris Cobb, who is no longer with us, but he was an incredible recruiter. He's an incredible person. He was great to talk to. And they ultimately got me out on an unofficial visit. And I came and visited campus. And as cheesy as it sounds, you get that feeling when you step on campus at a certain place. And I got that feeling here. And the community was so welcoming. And I figured I couldn't pass up the opportunity to continue pursuing my dream of hockey while also simultaneously pursuing an education as high as one that I'm getting at Dartmouth. For sure. Yeah. What other options did you have? Oddly enough, my last two that I was deciding between were Dartmouth and Ohio State. So completely different schools. Those were the last two that I visited. 
and I just saw myself being a better fit at Dartmouth. I'm not really a city person. I like the smaller atmosphere, smaller class sizes, and more of that community aspect that I just talked about. Yeah, for sure. What would you say are the biggest ways you've developed as a player between your freshman year and this year? Um, I would say one of the biggest adjustments I had to make freshman year coming in was one, learning a bunch of new systems. In high school, you just kind of play hockey and it's not very structured and you can kind of get away with that. Whereas in college, you need a lot more structure to compete with any type of team. So that was one thing. And then just the pace of the game. I feel like my decision making has improved so much and realizing that you don't have an extra split second to think where you're going to pass it. You need to know where you're going to pass it before you get the puck. So I feel like those are a couple things where it was a little bit of a slap in the face freshman year and I had to adjust to them and figure them, figure them out pretty quickly if I wanted to be in the lineup. But now that I'm a senior, I've kind of learned that those are a couple things that I've developed. Sounds good. How did you learn that you'd been named captain for this season? And what did that honor mean to you? I'm pretty sure I had a meeting with uh, all of the coaching staff, Liz, Steph, and Nina. And I think it was more of just a general meeting. And it was pretty casual. I was actually almost about to walk out of the room. And um, either Liz or Steph was like, you know, you're captain, right? And I was like, I didn't until you just told me, but thank you. And I was kind of the captain last year as well under Morgan Illikanen when we didn't have a season. So that role looked a lot different, but um, it's been such an honor this year. We have such a new team, a young team and an up and coming team, I would say. And it's been incredible to try and help lead everyone through that process and do anything I can to help. But Liz and I have said this from the beginning that we want every single person on our team to be a leader and a follower. So I don't like it to feel like I'm the sole person that everyone has to report to or go to or look up to. I want everybody on the team to do that, no matter if you're a senior or a freshman, because we have leaders all across the board. Yeah. Which of the younger players would you say this year you know, really stand out as either future leaders or future stars for the program? Uh, yeah, the first two that stand out to me are actually my two line mates. We just switched up things a little bit. I've been playing with Tiffany Hill the whole season, and she is not only a great player on the ice, but she's also a good leader off the ice. She's one of those players that you can always count on, and she's reliable. And even if she's having a bad game, you wouldn't know it because she still works her butt off. She always shows up to the rink ready to go, and that's something I really admire about her. And then my other line mate, Lauren Messier, she's only a freshman, but I see a lot of potential in her. She is like an energizer bunny. It's the only way I know how to describe her. She always comes to the rink and is talking, singing, dancing, like getting everybody riled up. But she also knows when to be serious and when to kind of hone in and do her job. And I definitely see those two coming up in the program, making a big impact. What would you say are some of the main ways that the new coaching staff is different from the previous staff? I'm sure it must have been tough to adjust to completely new coaches your senior year. Us as seniors, especially, and maybe upperclassmen in general, we're a bit nervous about the transition, but we were also really excited because the program hasn't been going the way we wanted it to 
uh, since we got here and even before that. And we all wanted to be part of that change that sends us in the right direction. And I think Liz and the other coaches have done exactly that. They're sending us in the right direction. Liz is, I do not have enough good things to say about Liz. She is incredible. She's such an advocate for us as players, as people, as women in hockey. And she has fought for us from day one. So I think that Liz and the other coaches have been incredible. They want us to learn. They want to teach us. They want to make us better players and better people. And that's something that has been really incredible my senior year, especially. So what did you guys do to stay in shape during the canceled season last year? It must have been tough to have even a lot of members of your conference keep going while you guys couldn't. Yeah, it was definitely tough to see a couple of those ECAC teams still play when we weren't able to. We were canceled pretty early. And but we there. So there was there was a portion of us that were on campus and a portion of us that just stayed home. I was one of the people who was lucky to be on campus. So Morgan Illicanen, um, our old assistant coach turned interim head coach, was here on campus with us and we basically trained like an off season. We were skating, we were working out, lifting, conditioning, everything that you would basically do during the spring or the summer to prepare for the upcoming season. And at times it got a bit grueling and you got that thought in your head where you're like, what are we, what are we working here for? It's kind of tough when you don't have a season, you don't have that competition. But Morgan did a great job at keeping us all upbeat and mixing in fun small area games and stuff like that and um, trying to work around the COVID protocols and rules that popped up every day. And then as for the people back home, I think everyone just tried to do the same thing, find a local gym or get back in with your trainer, find any ice that you could. I know it was hard with shutdowns and gyms closing and rinks closing and all that stuff, but I think for the most part, we did a good job at working around the restrictions and being dedicated to training, even though we weren't competing. Yeah, it must have been difficult. Uh, are there some top players, either professionals or previous college players, who you tried to model your game after? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know if I have many particular players. Someone that I really enjoy watching is Kendall Coyne. Scofield from um, the USA team. She's little like me. I think she's like 5'1 or 5'2. I'm maybe pushing 5'3. And I try and emulate some of her games. She's fast, she's skilled, and she makes good decisions. And that's the type of player that I want to be kind of an all around 200 foot player. So I try my best. <laughs> Never going to live up to that. But yeah. Yeah, she's great for sure. And after, after you're gone this year, what do you hope your legacy will be on this program once you graduate? I think one of my biggest things that I want to leave is Dartmouth women's hockey in a better place. We kind of struggled my first couple of years and we didn't always have the best culture. And that was something that my class was adamant about changing this year there wasn't going to be a divide between underclassmen and upperclassmen. There wasn't going to be freshman jobs or like weird hazing things like nothing like that was going to happen. And our class was really adamant about making that 
clear. We wanted everybody to feel like one cohesive unit. And I think for the most part, we've been able to do that this year. And I really hope that that continues. I kind of had a feeling coming in that we weren't going to be a national championship contender right off the bat, but that's where our legacy is in the past. And that's where I want us to get back to. And I think with the coaching staff that we have and with the players we have on the team and coming up and being recruited right now, I think that they'll get there and it's just a matter of time. And I think it's going to be shorter than we think. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me uh, and take care. Thanks, Ben. Have a good one. You too. And now my interview with Big Green head coach, Liz Katie Norton. Now I'm joined by first year head coach, Liz Katie Norton from Dartmouth Women's Hockey. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming. So what would you say have been the biggest differences that you've noticed between your team, which didn't have a season last year, and the teams that did play last year, including several members of your conference? Oh, I think just in general, like that experience and like, especially for our younger players, like there, there's a huge difference there. And I feel like we've, we've caught up a lot um, compared to teams that had that experience from playing last year. But I mean, our, we have a, a, a young, uh, a young decor, a new young goalie, and just uh, being able to get out and get some games under you is hugely helpful. In your role as a head coach, as opposed to being an assistant, what are the biggest changes that come with that? Mm, I mean, there are, there are a lot of changes. I'm, I feel really fortunate because I have a great support staff, but you're just dealing with different things. And I think like through, through a pandemic also makes it pretty interesting. But I think that the biggest change and like the biggest um, sort of hurdle for me in the beginning was like there are just so many kids that to be able to coach them to get the best out of them, like you have to get to know them. And like that takes time, like regardless of like the amount of effort you're putting in, like just getting to know people like their playing styles, like what you really have in that locker room, because I feel like we do have a lot of really great. We have great people and great players in that locker room. And part of like my job is to get the best out of them on a regular basis. And for me, like that means knowing them and their personalities really well. So I think like that coming in new and uh, with an entirely new staff, that was probably like the biggest hurdle. Which players have really stood out to you this year? Oh, um, I mean, a lot of, a lot of people have stepped up into different roles. Um, and like one of the biggest examples is like we had both um, like Georgia Krause and Carol Appleyard playing D and like both of those kids are forwards and like they did it without missing a beat, uh, which I think is like so selfless and awesome and like such a team first mentality. But um, like in terms of other people, like Gabby Billing has done a tremendous job being a leader. Like she's stepped up in every scenario and like for this squad, like she's helped navigate them through a lot of changes and like sort of been like one stable piece. And um, I mean, I think people like like Lottie on defense, like she's uh, like we missed her for a few games there, but like she's provided like some stability back there. And Cece Bowlby, obviously, like her competitive nature, her like her desire to win is uh, has been really, really helpful for us. So you mentioned a couple of players playing out of position there. How difficult a transition <laughs> is that? I, I would imagine pretty tough. Yeah, honestly, like we'd have to ask them. I feel like they did it so smoothly. So like they probably don't get as much credit as they deserve. But I think especially um, like for both of them not having a ton of game experience before, I think like the biggest piece of it that made them so successful at it was they were willing to do it and they knew that's what was best for the team. But I think like 
playing playing D at the Division One level is quite challenging. And I think both of them are they're excellent skaters. They're hardworking and gritty. And I think their like their skating ability alone made them capable of doing that. Um, and then mentally, it's obviously challenging. You're in a new position and just confidence wise, I think like they were surrounded by a team that supported them. Uh, so you guys have played really well outside the conference, but conference play has been more of a struggle. So, you know, what's what have been some issues in those games and what needs to change? Um, I think like what uh, I think first and foremost, like the ECAC is uh, is a really strong league. And so no matter who we play, it's going to be a battle. And my hope is like looking at like sort of the silver lining of some of the losses we had, like we've been in a lot of those games and I'm impressed with like our compete and our grit. I think things that we've talked about as a staff and with our team is being able to put 60 minutes together every night. And like, if we're shy of that, like we're not good enough to, to come out in the second and we're not good enough to like take our foot off the gas in the third. And so consistency has been a, been a big one. And um, I think the other thing is like some, some of those losses, even though they're losses, like they helped us believe in ourselves in terms of, like we were in that game and we've been able to compete with top teams in our league. And so like anything, like that's why they play the game. Anything can happen on any day, but I think um, consistency and confidence will go a long way for us. Yeah. I was looking at the the games last weekend. I think those are a good example of that. Like with against Cornell, they just came out hot to start each period, but against Colgate, which is a top 10 team, you guys were, were right there. So yeah, what yeah for sure. Like and like some of, some of the other variables were like, uh, like Colgate, I'm sorry, Cornell, like they, um, they, they're a strong team and they, they played very well and it's a long road trip for us. So not making excuses, but like they, they put together a good 60 minutes and I'll give them that. And then again, I mean, against Colgate, like I was really impressed with our, like we had a long bus ride from Cornell and we had played the day before like Colgate was fresh. I thought like our compete level was, was through the roof and like, there was no back down factor for us. And um, I think like on any given day, like we can beat any team in our league. Yeah. How much of an adjustment has there been not having fans the last few weeks? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, like Thompson arena is such a special place and uh, in Hanover, there's so much support for our team, our program and just Dartmouth athletics. So I think that's like a big in general, usually like a big home team advantage, but for us, like we still have to do our job and the goal is the same. And so hopefully like there, there's not much difference because that's one of those things that's just out of our control. After you're here three or four years saying, where do you hope the program is at that point? I know it's been a decade or so since they've really been good, but you know, the early 2000s, there were great teams here. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were excellent then. Um, I hope we're winning. Like I hope we're that we're the team that like people are fired up to beat. And I hope that, we're a top 10 team and that in the ECAC, like we're fighting for an ECAC championship and like playoffs are a, like the standard as opposed to like, we hope we make playoffs. Um, That's like, that's the turnaround that I'm hoping for. And like, I want Dartmouth to be like the name brand again, because like, I believe in it. And I think the tradition and history there support it. Are there any fun team traditions either that you've implemented from other places you've been or that were already in place before you arrived? Oh man, those, uh, like the kids have so many traditions, like they, they would definitely be the better ones to ask for that. But I think like, like the, the thing I like the most is like in their dry stalls, like it has everybody that came before them, like listed, like who wore their number. And I think that's really like, it, it, it turns our team into like one big program. And 
I think that's the goal of, of Dartmouth women's ice hockey and Dartmouth athletics in general. And so I think that's really special, but in terms of like, there are like 600 pregame rituals and postgame and, and all of that. And so that that's definitely a player question. Sounds good. Do they have like research previous players who have won their number? I've heard of some college programs and other sports doing something like that. Yeah, I mean, they're like, it's all listed out for them, but like they're connected through um, like a mentorship program and like we, we do our best to keep alumni involved and like we're really fortunate that like people before us have had such a good experience there that they're excited to give back to get back and um, our kids are definitely the beneficiaries of that. What do you say were some of your top, you know, the top highlights so far this year? Uh, for this year, uh, I'd have to say like, first and foremost, like how welcoming the team was, like, that's a lot of change for them and kids, kids at this level, like they commit to different coaches and they have a different expectation. And so like with me, like they, I felt like they were all in right away and they were really excited for us to start and get going. And so, so that was great. And I think like a huge highlight for me has been like seeing the work that Peter Roby has done in the athletic department. I think, like he he's such an outlier in terms of an athletic director because he's like the guy that goes above and beyond and is willing to like support the student athletes and like the goal is for them to have an excellent student athlete experience and I think like he's doing that on the daily which is really cool. Well sounds great thanks again for joining me here today. Awesome of course thank you. You've reached the end of the episode thanks for sticking around hope you enjoyed listening to Inside the Woods keep up with our episodes weekly And be sure to check out The Valley News every day or our website, vnews.com, for more Dartmouth and Upper Valley sports content. Talk to you next time.